Welcome back to Beyond Sunday, where we take you inside the culture of Vox Church. Each week, we dive into the Vox community with discussions, interviews, and news about what's going on in and out of the church. If you guys have any questions, make sure you email us at beyondsunday at voxchurch.org, and we can answer any of those questions on air uh, with Justin or any other guests that we do have. And today, we're about to dive into the culture of Vox Church. One of the things that I think is the lifebread of Vox is the culture, because when you walk in and, and anywhere you go, you see the culture, you see the signs, you see the people you see everything and so i'm super excited to sit down with justin and yeah. talk about the culture and what the culture is all about absolutely it's yeah. gonna be fun absolutely so let's talk about the starting the church yeah uh, so when we when we talked week one you talked about the beginning and you talked about you know how the church got started but as you walk through the journey how did you think about the culture from the beginning yeah yeah obviously for us you know the first thing we wrestled with is like what is church in regards to um, the Bible. What does the Bible tell us about church? What does mm-hmm. the Bible tell us the church should be? Because, you know, you look at the idea of church and it is the only uh, eternal organization on the planet. Everything else is going to go. Uh, my natural family, my business, my anything else mm-hmm. is going to is going to eventually one day be gone. But the local church is actually going to live forever. Yeah. And so the Bible gives us a lot of uh, culture concepts when it comes to the church. And when you boil down the New Testament... Uh, what I found and what the small team of people that were dreaming about what is church found in the book of Acts and in the uh, writings of Paul in the New Testament, the teachings of Jesus, was really like three core elements to the church. And so for us, um, when we talk about culture, it starts with those three core elements. So, I mean, I can dive into those if you want, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, since, yeah, yeah, since yeah. you brought them up, I mean, yeah. you're setting yourself yeah, up for, for sure. this. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so the first is the gospel. So like, what is the gospel? You know, And so we say like the centrality of Jesus and everything. Uh, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. It saves us. But the gospel is also the way we look at life, the way we change, the way we grow. So the natural inclination of human beings is to say like, hey, change your behavior and then you'll be different. You know, so like if you're a parent, you're like, you know, stop eating those cookies, Johnny. And uh, now you're going to be different, you know. <laughs> yep. But the problem is behavioral change only changes um, some of your outcomes, but it doesn't ultimately change your person. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel doesn't start with behavior change. The gospel starts with identity change. And so the gospel begins by saying that because Christ died and he was identified with you, you died. And so it's super weird. You, you start reading the writings of Paul and you're like, wait, what? I died? I'm not dead. I'm alive. You know, it's like, no, no. In God's eyes, Jesus identified with me. Therefore, when he died, I died. When he rose, I rose. Now that he's alive and free from the uh, bondage of brokenness in this world, so also I'm free because Christ lives in me. When I start to see myself in Christ, Mm -hmm. then everything in my life flows from a different identity. So in other words, like little examples, like we say this all the time in church, I don't obey to be accepted by God. That's religion. Uh, I'm accepted by God because of Christ. And now from that identity, I actually want to obey because it's who I am. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, um, there's a great book called Atomic Habits that actually, I don't think the guy is a believer, but he talks a lot about this idea where he says, um, you know, like you have to like, and you know, you being an an athlete and you would maybe appreciate this, but for those of us that are a little less (laughs) athletically inclined, you know, we won't go there today. Yeah. yeah, But, uh, but you know, you have to like tell yourself you're an athlete and you'll start 
dieting. You'll start exercising. You'll start acting like an athlete. But the first step is to think like an athlete, and then you start to act like an athlete. It's the same thing in Christ. You have to think like you're a Christian, Mm -hmm. and then you'll begin to act like a Christian. So anyways, I'll go quicker. The first is (laughs) centrality of the gospel. That's Jesus at the center of my life. The second is what I call intentional community, which is a behemoth idea, but it's this idea that I actually grow to become like Jesus when I do it on purpose with others. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot to that. And then the third is what we call city mission, which means I'm supposed to be living outwardly, not inwardly, if I ever want to become who I'm called to be. So when you look at the church in the New Testament, those three things were circling around in the community from day one. They were living on mission, they were living for the gospel, and they were living together. Yeah. And so we said, hey, if we're going to build a church, we're going to build it on those three anchors, on mm-hmm. those three guideposts. We call those our core values. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's where everything started culture-wise for us at Vox. We said, how do we live this like deeply and personally? Like it's one thing to have like values on a wall. We're for integrity. And, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like every business has values. That's not what these were. These were like going to be and still are the very bones and lifeblood of a biblical church. Yeah. Um, so that's where everything began. Yeah, I'm nothing like diving deep right away. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, I like to kind of hang around in the <laughs> peripheral. No, and and I totally relate to what you're talking about because, again, you know, I started a business and, yep. and growing in the business, you start to realize and you start to, you know, think about the things that people, what they want. Yep. And, you know, you being the lead pastor, it's not necessarily what people want. People want Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, in a business world, it's like, okay, you know, what kind of experience are they getting here? What right. are what are they looking to get out of it? Yep. Because as every day when I walk when I watch people, you know, and I think about, okay, how do I make their experience to the point where they enjoy not only do they enjoy coming, right. I mean, because again, if if you guys don't know, I own a gym, but you can get a great workout anywhere. Right. And, you know, there's thousands of churches everywhere. That's right. So what creates the experience that people get? Yep. And how do you embody that on a week-to-week basis? So let's, Yeah, let's just talk about New Haven, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, again, that's, that's culture, right? Mm-hmm. So culture is like the behavioral norms within a community of people. So, uh, yeah, you walk into your gym and it feels different than a, another gym. And it's that intangible it Mm -hmm. that when people feel it they know it and they like it and they want it and so it's true with church too right uh our attitude has always been if we stick to the fundamentals if we actually try to practice the things that the bible teaches uh it is highly attractive to every human being on the planet Mm -hmm. so you think about it if you're talking about jesus at the center that's identity everyone's aching, longing, searching, hoping for identity. We're trying to get it through what we do, through how successful we are, whatever. But identity is huge. The second thing is family, people in my life, right? That's intentional community. Everybody's looking to be a part of a tribe. Everybody's looking to be a part of something important. And then the third is purpose, right? Mission. I want to make a difference. I want to do something beyond myself. So those are like not just our core values. I would say that they are the core desire of every human being. Because, and here's the big like setup, God made people for biblical community. Like he actually designed us that way. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to church, like I said, we're the only eternal organization on the planet. You know, uh, Vox will be long gone one day, but the church will not. Mm -hmm. And so what we produce at Vox in terms of people growing to become like Christ, that actually lasts forever. 
So yeah. long after the name has changed and the cool mugs are gone, <laughs> you know, like the substance of what we do, that's why I'm so passionate about it, actually lasts forever. And so we get to like build a culture based on eternal priorities. So for example, New Haven, it's really just applying that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it works out in a million different ways, you know? And so when somebody walks in, and, uh, and we have a little person holding a sign saying, you know, like your family here, what are we doing? We're just embodying the second value, which yeah. is intentional community. We're inviting you into a family that's bigger than yourself, you yeah. know? Um, and so all of it, you know, it's given somebody a cup of coffee. Well, why would you do that? Well, because candidly in our culture, I feel naked if I don't have a cup of coffee in front of me, ain't but that, if I have one, the truth. I feel safe. Yeah. And so we want people to feel safe because we want them to be able to open up to Christ. And so, hey, if a if a you know a little cup of coffee is going to help you feel safe, I'm all about it. Yeah, let's give it. So everything you know, we try to be really intentional, you know, um, about each you know piece of the puzzle when it comes to experiencing church. Yeah. And one of the things that I recognized right away, I went to, I'll never forget, I went to the opening of North Campus. Yeah. And when I walked into North Campus and, and I saw it was, a, it was raining mm-hmm. and I saw guys with umbrellas go from the door to every single car. Yeah. And as soon as you got into the building, you walked in, there was a, at least 10 people greeting you. Welcome. Hey guys, we're yeah. so glad you're here. I hear that every single week. We're yep. so glad you're here. Then you walk through the doors and you, you see the the life yep. and you see the, it's exactly what you say, the culture yep. of the church. And it's not that you can't get it anywhere else. I've just never seen it like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's what made me realize man vox is something so special mm. i mean this is amazing these guys and they're doing it with a smile yeah. is because they love you yeah you know they're 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 so glad you're there well and so that gets into like what we call distinctives so we have you know when you talk about culture there's different ways to look at it we have core values which are those three values i just described and then we have seven what we call distinctive so for us distinctives are behavioral values mm-hmm. like how we act in response to our core values so one of them, the first one is that we're married to the message. That's what we call it. And uh, what we mean by that is that we're going to actually apply as leaders what we ask everybody else to apply. So, for example, like, you know, when we launched the church 2011, uh, I was leading worship. I was unloading the truck. <laughs> I was preaching and then I was loading the truck. Now, I didn't do that for a month. I did it for six years. And finally, after six years of doing that every single week, every single week, every single week, my leaders from our New Haven campus came to me and said, can you please stop coming early? They said, can you just listen? You have to preach. Now it's multiple times on a Sunday. Take that time to pray. Take that time to study. Stop unloading the truck every week. And it was about another six months before I finally listened to them where I realized, you know what? I'm actually getting in the way now because Mm -hmm. I have to let other people lead. But the point is that I wanted to unload the truck. And I still kind of sometimes want to. And they're like, leave, get out of here. And because that's what it means. Listen, if the leaders are going to unload the trucks, Mm -hmm. then every single person isn't going to hesitate to carry that umbrella in the rain because we're married to the message. The message of the gospel is what our hearts are knit to, which means that leaders serve, which means that we sacrifice. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jesus did this. I'm never going to ask our staff, our leaders, our team to do something I'm not willing to do. You know, like we just went through Wake My Heart. Uh, my wife and I, we said we are going to sacrifice audaciously because we're going to ask others to do that. Yeah. You know, and so in every area of life, um, that's what it means to be married to the message. And then culture is contagious. When people see that, they go, oh, wow, this is, I want to do this. Yeah. You know, not because I yeah. have to, because I want to. Yeah. And I, I've had a conversation with um, 
Mike McDonald, uh, the New Britain campus pastor yeah. recently. And you know, and we talked we talked about the same thing. It when you walk in, you feel like you want to participate. Yeah. You want to serve. You want to go above and beyond because it's a community that you love. You want to be a part of it. It's like yeah. attending church is not enough. Yeah. I want to do something, you know, that in in what regardless of what your skills are, I right. want to do something that's a little bit above beyond me mm-hmm. and I want to give back as much as I possibly can. Totally. And I mean, and that's the secret of the church. You know what I mean? The secret of the church is in the people, you know, like when people catch fire, uh, I really do believe that there there is nothing more powerful on the planet than the people of God on mission. I mean, oh. it's like, like, like we have the potential to literally transform cities, uh, meet the needs of the homeless, meet the needs of those that are underprivileged, educate those that are not getting education, on and on and on. The power of the church to change culture and change cities is limitless when people start to wake up, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's so so cool to be a part of. But one of the things I've been seeing recently is all these shirts that say, we are pioneers. Yeah. And I know that's one of the distinctives that that you have. What's yes. the what's the thought and, you know, why are you pushing that right now? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. So um, that is probably, I don't like to be biased, you know. We have seven <laughs> specific distinctives. That, to me, is probably my favorite. Yep. It's the one that resonates most with me. Um, I love, I hear years ago, I heard, uh, Brian Houston, uh, the pastor of Hillsong church, give a, a sermon on this idea of pioneering. And he said that pioneers take previously, uh, undiscovered territory and realize its potential. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think especially in new England, you know, it's a pioneering region where the, you know, the, the pilgrims landed from the Mayflower in this area. Uh, I love that phrase, that word pioneers. I remember yeah. as like, even as a kid watching, like, I mean, it's cheesy, but like watching like Lewis and Clark, like documentaries, mm-hmm. yeah. like these guys just walked across the country, yeah. you know, and like the idea of like, what would it feel like to be on a hill that no one has ever mapped before mm-hmm. and map it, you know? And so the idea of a pioneer is somebody who really does like go into a territory that is undiscovered wild land and realize its potential. And so um, I love this idea at, at Vox that we have from day one had a pioneering spirit, which means that, you know, some churches mentality is, well, come to us. Our mentality is go to them. Mm-hmm. And so we live in a culture where fewer people attend church or follow Jesus or read the Bible than any other place in America. You yeah. can't wait for people to come to you. You can't say, well, maybe they'll drive an hour to come to our big building. No, no, no. We're going to plant one right five minutes from their house so they come to us, so that we're closer. We have access. We can make a difference. So uh, this idea of a pioneering spirit is all about how do we take initiative uh, to spread the gospel, to share Christ, to love our neighbor. And, uh, and so it has a lot of different implications. Obviously, one of them is, um, you know, we're planting two churches this year. So yeah, we're planting yeah. Worcester, we're pl- planting New Britain. And uh, for me, those are some of my favorite moments, mm-hmm. you know, going to like the pre-launch services, being a part of those, checking out the school, the new equipment. It's like it feels like Lewis and Clark yeah. showing up and being like, hey, so here's some undiscovered territory. Mm-hmm. Let's make a road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right here. And. It's awesome. And and on the same note, it's I look at being a pioneer a, a little bit different. I mean, I, yeah. that's obviously your definition. But when you walk into our church, you see things that you don't necessarily see at other churches. Yeah. And I feel like Vox is is not necessarily leading the way, but creating a path that's making it easier for people to you know bring a friend yeah. who's not necessarily into church. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, trust me, it's it's like a live concert. Yeah. Come check it out. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's part of the pioneering. Totally. Yeah. We always want to like that's another one of our distinctives where we talk about and of course all these collab. 
lied, but that we're students of culture. Mm-hmm. And so when we say we're students of culture, what we mean is uh, we want to be people who study the world that we live in, not to copy it, but to reach it. Mm-hmm. And so like for a long time, churches and Christianity has often kind of like thought, hey, the way to like be holy is to separate myself from the world. Yeah. But Paul actually says, no, 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 you're supposed to live as lights in the midst of a crooked generation, in the midst. And so when he says in the midst, he means in the midst. He mm-hmm. means you got to be among the people. You yeah. got to be living, breathing the same air. And so it doesn't mean you participate in all the busted up things that the world is doing. It means instead you live right amongst them and show an alternate society, yeah. an alternate way of doing life. And uh, and so, yeah, for us, like we're really intentional to say, okay, what's happening in culture? And then how can we not compromise the gospel, but leverage the gospel to uh, communicate it in the language that people understand, yeah. you know? And that makes it fun because it's always changing, even though the message is never changing. Yeah, you know? and that leads me right to uh, number seven. We enjoy the ride. Yeah, man. That's the distinctive number seven, the last and final one. Huge. And, and, and I think, I mean, honestly, from an outside perspective, you guys are enjoying the ride. Yeah. It's it's to see the passion and to see the love and see the laughter and see, yeah. you know, all the leaders embody this. And it's not only the leaders, it's the volunteers, it's the yeah. people who show up. I mean, everybody's enjoying this ride. You know, you gotta like, one of the things I think is so important to a culture is, and we were just talking about this uh, before we started with your gym, like you gotta be serious about the mission, but you can't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. You know, it's like, listen, you know, I'm a, I'm a, Dude, with all kinds yeah. of flaws and failures and goofy moments and trip ups mm-hmm. and fumbles to pretend like I'm some perfect polished person is yeah. a myth. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't take yourself too seriously, you can actually learn to enjoy the ride. Yeah. You know, if you're stressed out about always like that's why I'm in like a old hoodie today, you know, like <laughs> like this is beyond Sunday. It's, you a, know, it's like, a video podcast, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, but like, hey, I did comb my hair today. Yeah. But, you know, like seriously, like Sunday morning. Yeah, I get a little bit cleaner, a yeah. little bit cleaner. I don't yeah. get crazy. I'm not wearing a suit. But and if people want to, God bless them. But, you know, um, I just be me. But you know, um, you have to be able to not take yourself too seriously, yeah. um, even though you take the mission seriously, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and so enjoying the ride is about creating healthy pace. It's about uh, knowing, even though we work really hard at, at Vox, we push hard, how to also play hard, how mm-hmm. to rest, how to enjoy life uh, and how to celebrate one another, you mm-hmm. know, like to be able to laugh. Like if you were in some of our directional team meetings or our lead campus meetings, you'd be like, these people are laughing way too much. And, <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes we are, yeah. especially our campus pastors, all those that know our campus, but you get those guys in the same room. It's like a friggin' <laughs> group of gorillas. It's ridiculous. Uh, but it's like, that's the only way you can handle the pressure of ministry yeah. uh, and thrive yeah. in the middle of it is you got to enjoy the ride. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely understand what you're talking about. It's, it's a, it's a different aspect to be in a leadership position yeah. while watching what's going on. And one of the things that I've noticed, you know, owning a business for uh, nine years is that the culture does change mm-hmm. the culture, not only within your business, but also outside mm-hmm. and the direction and the wants and the needs of people constantly change. Do you find it hard to, to stay with that? Or do you feel like you're pretty ingrained in the community and understand, yeah. you know, the, the nuances of everything that's going on? Yeah. I think another big thing is just having a teachable spirit. You know, yeah. uh, you gotta, you gotta have an attitude that always wants to learn, you know, mm-hmm. because, um, everything is changing all the time. And so you have to be paying attention. You have to be paying attention to like, 
okay, like in my conviction, the core needs of individuals doesn't really change that much. People want family. They want identity. Mm -hmm. They want a purpose. You know, you get to those core things. But then how that plays out in in a world has a billion different implications. And so, you know, um, always trying to be that student, always trying to be a learner, you know, like learning from everyone not just from people that have phds or that are smart but learning from your kids learning from you know a a seat at a coffee shop watching people Mm -hmm. just always being a learner being a student and just saying okay what what are people doing right now you know like for me i am I'm kind of social media adverse, which is funny because it's a podcast we're doing, but like, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm, I'm naturally a, a loner. Like I want to be alone. I don't care where you ate for breakfast. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. really want, oh, look, they ate the breakfast. Like I don't care. Like, so to me, like scrolling social media, it's just weird. It's just not something that comes natural, but I've had to say, okay, this is a huge way that culture communicates. I should probably like have a clue. You yeah. know what I mean? And so like over the last couple of years, I've been trying to learn and people make fun of me because I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not natural, but that's, that's being a student. It's yeah. always learning. And, and that's one way, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so true, especially when it comes to social media, social media plays such a huge role in, yeah. in literally everything that we do. So leading right into, we talked a little bit about New Haven yeah. and, you know, as we're going in, you said in 2020, we're opening uh, two new campuses, launching yeah. two new campuses. So how do you embody a a culture and try to replicate that, mm. especially when it's in a different state? Yeah. I just feel like it's it's very hard in my eyes to yeah. keep tabs. I mean, if you're an hour and a half away, I mean, how is it that you're able to keep, keep that going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, one of the things that's huge that we talk about with our staff a lot is putting language around the culture. That's where a lot of things start. So uh, if you have a way of thinking, remember, if you think of culture like the behavior and the patterns of a certain people. So Vox has a culture, just like your gym has a culture. Any group of people has a culture. Uh, putting language around that culture is one of the ways it it travels faster. Mm-hmm. So when you have language like we are pioneers, like we are married to the message, like so when I see a campus pastor, you know, with a clipboard and a nice suit on and watching all of his volunteers sweat while he like writes things down, I go, no, 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 no. Take off that suit and uh, put your clipboard away and get in the truck and start unloading because we're married to the message. Yeah. You know, so like everything, yeah. you know, like everything has implications for your actions. Um, and so for us, it starts with language, you know, mm-hmm. but the second thing is leadership. So like, for example, Mike McDonald and Rocky and Kirsten Hedrick and uh, Mike and, and his wife, uh, these guys have been around for a number of years now. And so these are the two teams that are leading the way in Worcester and in New Britain. Uh, they've been walking with us as a church for years and years and years, and they've been doing life with us. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like we're taking someone who has already embodied the culture, already caught it, already living it, already practicing it, proven. And then we're planting them in New Britain. We're planting them in Worcester. So one of the things we've we've not done is taken somebody from the outside or somebody that's not familiar with our way of doing things and then launched a church yeah. because um, there's no context, you know, and they may be wonderful people, but they just don't yet embody who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really we're transplanting trusted, vetted, godly leaders. And that's one of the ways that I don't even want to say we keep tabs because I don't really keep tabs candidly. Yeah. Uh, Mike Schnepp, our executive pastor oversees all of our campuses. And, uh, and so he is more in tune than I am when it comes to what's happening at each one. Um, but, but the leadership is the, is the centerpiece, Yeah, you know, it's so interesting to hear the insight of, 
um, you know, a campus launch and, yeah. and, and how you do it. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, you're at your campus and you don't necessarily, it's not that you don't think about the other campus because sure. you know they're there, yeah. but you don't necessarily realize what's happening there and how yeah. it, it, if you go from campus to campus and campus, they're all the same. Yeah. They're yeah. all, they all embody the same values, the same systems, the same everything. I mean, it's, it's like you're going to your home campus it everywhere is. you go. It's so cool. I would actually encourage everybody at Vox, go visit another location sometime mm-hmm. because you're going to walk in and the, the room might look a little different. But overall, it's going to be like, wow, I got a bunch of family members that I didn't even know yeah. that were in Hartford. And I've been in Middletown all this time, you know, and so um, I love it. I love the family of God in all of our expressions. And uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to jump right into our mailbag. And again, if you guys have any questions that you want answered on this podcast, you can email beyondsunday at voxchurch.org. But the first question that we got, it's actually a pretty good one, and I'm excited to ask it. So what is the single most embarrassing moment that you have ever had on stage, either singing or preaching? This is a good one. I like this. Yeah. Well, some of you don't know, I was a worship leader for seven years, uh, traveling in a music group before we launched uh, Vox. And... um, I have had a a number of of, uh, of embarrassing. I do remember one in particular though that uh, that our team did not let me live down for a long time. I was reading a psalm. It was in New Hampshire. I was on a stage. Everybody was worshiping. It was quieter. But their hands were up. Eyes were closed. People all across the room. And I'm there and I'm on the stage and I can't remember what psalm it was, but I was reading. It said, it said, if you seek the Lord and depart from evil, and instead of I said, if you seek the Lord and depart from evil. <laughs> And as soon as I said it, I like like my the my team behind me was like <laughs> like like the place started falling apart. And then all across the room, people were like, and they just like immediately started. And I just plowed right through. I didn't stop. I didn't even acknowledge it. Everybody's and eyes were uh, just wide yeah. open. I just was like, we just we're going. And then as soon as we got off the stage, um, you know, like uh, three, four of the guys on the team were like, hey, uh, what, what time are you defarting tonight? You know, and it's like, all right, all right. And I've been I was living in that one for probably a year and a half where they were just uh, always working to fart. I don't know what it is about farts that is so funny, but <laughs> it is. It, I mean, right. I got three boys. It's, it's like it's just the it's word. Just the magic of the fart. It's is just, just uh, incredible. So that, that comes to mind quickly is that's, one that um, that's the best. Yeah, it was great. That's was a really good one. Good. Yeah. Well. Before we log off, I just want to know, will we ever see JK pick up a guitar again? Uh, you know, I do have uh, a guitar in my office that I play occasionally. I think so. I think, I, I don't know. Let's I think so. Serenade us a little yeah, bit? Yeah, you know, maybe. Who knows? Right. You know, I um, I still do like to get together. Some of you guys know Joey, our our, um, our Vox Music uh, central director, and then my wife, another guy that's the team. I, I do like to write songs. So yeah. I still, a couple times a year, I do retreats with them and write music uh, with the team, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think they fired me officially. I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to break it out again. Well, we appreciate you coming out today. Always. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you.